DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off of any service. Call Action today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Mention DJ and PK. Mention The Zone and get $33 off any service. Question of the day up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. What should the Utes do now? It was a six- well, seven-game season, six plus one. The first two haven't happened. Now they've got to open with USC. No media availability for the Utes today. They're going to push it back to tomorrow. Maybe by tomorrow they'll have more answers. Or maybe they'll have more questions. Uh, but in any case, we'll hear from the Utes tomorrow and then see where we are uh, going forward with SC. And then there's Arizona State the week after that. ASU uh, Missed last weekend's game, didn't play that, canceled that. They're going to cancel next weekend's game, too. Now, will it be three in a row, or will the two get them through the outbreak? I guess you have your doubts, PK, based on what you've heard. I don't think we've seen a team miss... uh... Well, that's not true. Yes, we have. Never mind. Houston missed three in a row. Um, Not all because of what was happening on their campus, what was happening with some of their opponents, too. So, uh, we'll see where this goes. But what should the Utes do now? Where, where does this go right now? Um, there are plenty of people asking for a Utah-BYU game. If you're not going to have a real conference race, at least have a rivalry game, which I guess there, you know, there's what, a slim possibility that could happen if there's a week where the Utes know in advance. I guess Colorado, right? Colorado knows in advance this week that they could use a game because ASU canceled early enough. It takes yeah, a situation they- like that. Uh, yes, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we came to that. Came to what? A Utah BYU game? No, where we come to ASU Colorado, where ASU consults and they decide send out a press release six days before that says we're not playing the game. Well, if you got your team, if you got a lot of guys on your team who are either uh, sicking out for two weeks or contact tracing, you can add up the numbers. The Utes added up the numbers a, a week in advance and said we can make it, but just barely if nothing goes wrong. And then they got some positive tests and probably had to do some more contact tracing, and that was that. Yeah, this contract t- tracing stuff, man, it seems so nebulous. That is an Excellent word. I will sign on off on that a hundred percent. And I think you need to take it beyond sports. And I, I think part of it you can write off to it's a pandemic and nobody really knows. But also you just have different people making different decisions and it's all over the map. As, as someone who has been sidelined personally because of it, and it just seemed like, well, and twice, I might add, uh, it just seemed like both times, and, not, and neither team did it lead Neither time did it lead to anything, but it's just like, did you pick the numbers out of the air there? Because it doesn't match up with the numbers I got last time, and now it's not matching up with the numbers I'm reading about this team over here. And, I mean, I, I guess people are doing the best they can, but if you just do the math, it doesn't add up. It just doesn't. Yeah, and so I get being as cautious as possible, which is obviously what they're doing. So, But you, like, still, some, you like some logic. Uh, yeah, I, I you're right, but I don't I, know that I can I can ascertain uh, logic enough to satisfy my uh, wondering, questioning mind. So I just sort of roll my eyes and <laughs> think, uh, what are you gonna do? You know, there's you can just beat your head against the wall, but is it gonna change anything? Nope. Probably not. Nope. Is it crazy? Yes. Is it necessary? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm none of that stuff. 
And so uh, I, in my I case, it. in my case, I was in the room when Rudy Gobert touched the microphones, which I have been over for a long, long time. You know, but in the moment, the TV station wanted me to stay home for a week. That was in the beginning, though, and it was, and it, it was, was different, and it was, and it was probably, and it was still pretty early when, yeah. and I had to do a thing over the phone and. And I, I talked to, I can't remember if it was a physician assistant or a nurse, and was advised to stay home for four more days. And it was still early, you know, but it's like, okay, so one time it's seven and one time it's four. What, what are we doing here? I get all the uproar in the um, immediacy. You think of they'd it. have it figured out by now? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you'd have, certainly have more information and be able yeah. to understand it more. But, you know, you're dealing with basically kids and nobody wants to be responsible for that they're you're well, not your kids and man, all these things factor into it but as far as the Utes go and I want to see them play as many games as they possibly can and so do whatever the health authorities are allowing you to do today and do the same this basically the principle holds true for the next month whatever you're allowed to do do it and if that allowance becomes play a game on Saturday, play it. If you only get two, you only get three, then do it, man. Do whatever it is that you can do, what you're capable and allowed to do, whatever that might be. I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, go ahead and do it at that time. You got a gut feeling or maybe a little insight into what's going to happen with the Utah-USC game? We got so close last time, and maybe I just wanted it to happen, so I believed it was going to happen, which just makes it more disappointing when it doesn't. (laughs) So, you know, but I thought by the time we got to Friday morning and Mark Harlan said some positive stuff, man, you and you were still pumping the brakes Friday morning, like, "Mm, until they got on the plane, DJ. I wouldn't promise anybody anything. Right. And Uh, then, sure enough, they didn't get on the plane. So, you know. Between, I don't know when the plane would have left, three-ish, I don't know, four-ish, whatever it would have been in the afternoon. You know, there was five or six hours when we left the show, and sure enough, the, the cancellation came down in that window. Well, talking to folks from Tempe, they went nuts on trying to make sure everything was possible in terms of keeping the protocols that you're supposed to keep, blah, 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 blah. And they really believe something happened on their road trip that they took because they played at the at SC. Mm-hmm. And something happened there, which is what I believed happened with BYU for the Army cancellation is when they tested to go, they were fine. And then when they came back, they had what I was told yeah. was three guys on the plane. So that caused them to go into the cancellation mode for that game. So s- something is happening in the in the – for the Devils, as far as the travel situation, the Utes haven't gone anywhere, but our community is having or had record numbers and all that. I don't follow it day to day because whether it's a hundred away from the record or it's not, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, you, the uh, op, the uh, situation is people are are coming becoming positive, so it's in the community. So it only stood to reason that if it's in the community, well, that's going to be up on the U because they're part of the community. So somehow limit that. And SC, now they've got to check to see where they're at because they've traveled. They came to Tucson, obviously. So see where they're at. So you got the combination of both. Uh, to me, all these games at this point are 50-50. 
and we'll know more as the week progresses, obviously. But even still, Mark Harlan's sending out a press release or a tweet that said, what was it, on Wednesday mm-hmm. or Thursday? Hey, it's looking pretty good. And then it's not looking pretty good. And then you factor in the contract tracing, contact tracing, where you end up, uh, obviously, if an offensive lineman gets it, then you have all sorts of uh, opportunities there for the contract contact tracing, which will white out a, wipe out a position group. So I don't know. I, I can't say that I feel a level of confidence. My, my level of confidence is split either way. But I think the Utes need to continue what they're doing. And if you can't play, I still say to hold out for the following week. And then maybe you can make an adjustment. Because my guess right now today, this is just a guess, just a guess this morning that ASU is not able to play the Utah game, which is a home game for them. So then that's that's three games for both teams. Well, maybe if the Utes are available, they can do like Cal did, and instead of flying down to Tempe, you go down to Pasadena. Well, I was glad that they worked that game out, and I know that is a traditional rivalry, you know, two UC schools and all that. Uh, but to your point about the conference race and judging these teams on it, you know, the Cal defense was so good last year. And in the second quarter, UCLA just shredded them. And like, well, is, uh, am I judging Cal off last season and they're flawed this year? How many guys did they have not playing that I don't know about because I don't follow it close enough? Is UCLA finally taking a step under Chip Kelly? Uh, I always wonder about the first game of any season. You know, is this team that good or was it because if that other team was that bad? Teams. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, if they're evenly matched teams, was this team that good or was that team that bad? We wondered after the BYU Navy game, and you know, you resolve that with more games going forward. But you don't know, and I really don't know what to make of that game because I did not have any idea that UCLA was just going to torch Cal in the second quarter, which they did. Yeah, I actually liked having a Pac-12 game Sunday morning. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, and a lot was it was not a lot made of it, but that was essentially that USC ASU kickoff time. You know, breakfast with a Pac-12. It was, yeah, it was, and I, I, I think Cal was going to play that no matter what. It was either going to be at Tempe or it was going to be in Pasadena, because I don't think that if ASU could have played, I don't think they were going to play Saturday night. I think it was from what I'm hearing, it would have been Sunday morning. So Cal was going to play that mm. Sunday morning slot either way, and. Yeah, well, they, they're missing some guys. I mean, they had two guys off the defensive line. And they, they, see, that they because of their situation in Berkeley, they never got together. Yeah. There was like the receivers worked out over here, <laughs> and these position groups worked out over there, and they didn't have any meetings inside. They were outside all the time. Well, what the crap do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> expect them to come out and just be dominant? No, that's totally unrealistic. So you're going to act like this is a real conference race? No, I'm not. I, I've been saying it for weeks, and I finally have converted you. You're pissing me off that it took you that long to come around. <laughs> okay, but the thing I still have to hold out on here is if they can get Oregon to 7-0, and and A, I don't know that Oregon play seven games, and B, I don't know they can win them all, they need the playoff money, all the schools need the money, and... They need that for credibility's Fine. sake. So Let it it's happen. Like you can't... It's still bogus. <laughs> okay. You can get in, but it's bogus. Good, get in, but it's bogus. Because I don't even know that SC would beat Utah. How do you expect the Utes to be at the top of their game they're playing this game Saturday one. night? Yeah, they're playing game Come one. Come on, it's not SC's fair to them. Three. And yet if they pull it off, it makes it all the sweeter. 
It does, but how do I know SC didn't have some issues this week, too? Well, we'll have to see when we get there. Uh, we may know. We may not know. We may find so out. So if Oregon beats a 6-0 SC team, is it really that 6-0 team that was tried and tested? First of all, you're only playing five friggin' games to begin with in the league. You're barely even playing half if you should play that. And it, it, no, I, I'm not going to accept it as legitimate. But if you can play it and get the money and they invite you, go ahead. Fine. Do and it, it. And it could pay off for the Utes. You know, if, if Cam Rising is the guy, and I don't see why he wouldn't be at this point uh, with this season so far gone, uh, get him some games and that could make you better next year. Oh, that's what I've been saying all along, that this is all, particularly for as far as Utah's Utah. perspective, yeah. win or lose, I don't care. It's a precursor to next season where you're back at it and you are in serious contention. Now, it depends on what happens with these other teams here because some of like the Devils, you know, they, don't, they only have like six or seven seniors on their team, but they've got a number of juniors that could be draft eligible, but they, maybe they don't play. Because I've, I've, I talked to somebody's hoping that the ASU games get canceled so all these juniors will come back next season <laughs> and have a – because if, if these juniors – They could have a big year. What it would be just like it would be just like Utah last year, Mm -hmm. where a bunch of those juniors came back. Yep, that would be there would be I don't know that it'd end up like that, but the premise would be similar. Now, if a bunch of these juniors go, then they they're right back in the same situation where they don't have a bunch of seniors again. But if they stay, well, then it could be set up like Anai and Fotu and Blackman and those dudes who decided to come back, uh, Zach Moss and so forth and so on, and they end up with a big season. So the one thing I will say about, you know, only playing a third of a regular schedule, you know, it's, it's only a third and it's not the real deal, but isn't that what Miami played when it was all said and done? Didn't they play 50 of the 162, so less than a third? And oh, yet you're we, baseball? Yeah, and yet we treat the baseball season. 60 was the high number, 50 yeah, was the low every, number. Everybody played the same thing, though, and it's pros. And it wasn't, they didn't start three weeks after somebody else. That part's true, yes. Uh, whereas with a college, theoretically, an ACC team could end up playing 11 games, and a Pac-12 team could end up playing four or five. Right. All right, and, and then there'd be leagues all in between. Uh, you know, the SEC teams may end up playing, we'll have to see if they end up on 8, 9, or 10, depending on how things go forward. They've been able to absorb some of this because they had bye weeks, but they're missing so many games now that they're not going to have enough bye weeks to absorb all of this. I really hope they push the playoff back, but I really don't think they're going to. At least they've considered it, even if it was just so they could say they've considered it. (laughs) I don't know how seriously they considered it. But we'll have to see what happens with the... They're not going to do it for the Big Ten and the Pac-12. But if the SEC needs it going forward, then that could be a different deal. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Aggies' interim coach, Frank Miley, joins us next. The quarter, next, the quarterback is off the team. It's a short week. you got to go to Wyoming. There is plenty to talk to him about, and we'll do that next. Stay with us. PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Utah State football interim coach Frank Miley. Frank, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Man, you were already in the middle of it, and now you've stepped right to the front of a of uh, what can only be described as a bleep storm. Holy cow. 
You are you uh, are you absorbing everything, or is stuff just swirling around you nonstop? No, man, it's, it's been pretty good. Surrounded by good people, man. Got good players here. Uh, everyone's been pretty resilient through the process, and so just taking it one day at a time, and it's been pretty good. So we saw the Jason Selly situation out on the field, and we understand, you know, what happened and the release and all that. So rather than rehashing, I'm not going to ask you that. I'm just going to ask you, how was that decision made as far as you being able to have the authority? Did you consult with people? Can you take us through that? <laughs> well, the, my, my biggest thing right now, my, my only concern are the kids here. So, so I apologize if I don't answer any questions that don't deal with anyone who's not part of the program right now. So, what are you planning on doing at quarterback going forward? Cooper Legat will be starting this week. You got a short week, man. How do you get him ready? Simplify the game plan. So, we got to understand what he understands, what are his strengths, and then we got to tailor what we're going to do this week to to what his strengths are. So, uh, have full trust uh, and belief in Coach Schramm. This is not his first rodeo. Uh, right. He's coordinated over a decade of, you know, seasons, and so this is this. I, I believe in what he's going to get done and, and be able to make it happen. So um, it's next man up mentality right now. So as far as the the uh, mental approach the whole team is taking, you know, I, I thought it was a little better after the first three losses. There really wasn't much of a silver lining. I thought you came out and played uh, played hard and, and competed, but I still think the team is, uh, is just on the fragile side. And when stuff went wrong in the last five minutes of the second half, it kind of felt like the house collapsed there. Did you see it the same way standing on the sideline? And if so, how do you continue to address that issue going forward? No, do you know what? I, I would respectfully have to disagree with that. Uh, you know, our, our kids are locked in. They're in the zone right now. And so are there things we can do better? Yeah, there is. Uh, can we coach better? Yeah, we can. And so those are, those are the things we've got to continue to address. It's going to be an ongoing process just like anything else. And for us to get better, each person has to be accountable to that uh, and be bought in and fully committed to that process. And so... For, for, for me, there were some positives, some huge positives that I took out of that game. We had goals that we wanted to get done. And, and offensively and defensively, the number one was run the football. And on defense, it was stop the, stop the run. You know what I mean? And so I felt like we were able to accomplish those two things. And those are positives that we have got to carry forward uh, moving forward here, especially with Wyoming. Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about that's what I was going to bring up. You look at a positive, your ability to rush the ball literally from the very first carry uh, when it was all the way that Jalen uh, Warren took all to, to, for the touchdown. But beyond that, it wasn't like that totally inflated your numbers rushing-wise because it seemed like you had success as far as running the ball. Uh, what did you do that enabled you to have success running the ball that was a little bit different in the prior games, and what do you think that you can do as far as carrying that over this week in uh, against uh, Wyoming? I think the biggest thing is just making sure the message is always the same. And so we haven't changed. There's not a magic potion to run the football. It's a consistent message. Everyone mastering their craft up front individually so that collectively it all works together. And so that's what we were able to do. The kids are bought in, man. The O-line did an awesome job. And so they're doing a great job. It's a mentality now that has to continue. We have to continue to preach the same message every single week. So we can't, we can't change things up from week to week because we feel like something's not working. Uh, if, if we believe in it, we got to preach it, and then we, we got to stretch, 
uh, stress it uh, drastically. And then the kids understand they got a strain to finish. And that's that's the whole key to putting it all together is, you know, the calls are the calls, but the kids bring it to life. Is there a uh, a pitch count or a carry count on Jalen Warren? How many carries can he handle? Obviously, he was out for a while. And how do you handle him going forward? Yeah, not necessarily, man. When he's ready to roll, then we're going to use him. So he's our guy. We have other backup running backs that are talented, but he's our guy. So as long as he can run the football uh, and he's healthy, he's going to run the football. How much of a challenge is it to just make sure the kids are not thinking about things that really have no bearing on what you're trying to accomplish on a given day and a given week? Well, it's really about what we can control. You know what I mean? And so they got they got to be in the present moment right now, where, the, where their feet are set right now. And so for them to be thinking about other things, for, for me, the message to them is always the same, man. What, what can you control? Let's just worry about that. What do you have control over? Everything outside of this building uh, that's happening in the world, we have zero control over. So we have control. It's a choice to get better. We have control about getting better. We have, a, we have control whether we win or not. And a lot of that has to do with cleaning up bad habits, getting rid of them, creating better habits, uh, and continue to get better, just mastering our craft individually. So there isn't a lot of time to prep for Wyoming. How much of this is just about what you do and and how much of this is specific stuff about Wyoming? And if so, what can you share with your fans specifically about the challenges Wyoming presents? Well, there's some carryover stuff that, that, that'll carry over, which is good. You know, for us, as long as we, what, what are we good at? Let's continue to do that. And uh, is there carryover stuff, or th- which there is a little bit of carryover stuff from what we saw defensively with Fresno that carry into this game plan, which makes the game plan on a short week a little bit better. So for us, it's about getting better. We're really good at this. Let's continue to do that, build on it. Uh, and we understand that it's very limited what extra stuff we can actually give our guys in a short week. And so not confusing them letting them understand what the game plan is on offense and defense and special teams, and then continue to talk about the positives. Those are the things we got to build on and continue to get better at the weaknesses. And so uh, it's a short week, so we got to simplify. we got to continue to build. So this is your second go-around as an interim coach. You did it when Matt Wells left uh, before the bowl game a couple years back now. What did you? What can you draw from that experience as an interim coach back then that can make you better now? I think adversity. Uh, you know, you you learn a lot of principles about character. You know, and so just like I was back then, even though we didn't have as much staff, I was surrounded by good people. So, so guys that that did everything I asked them to do, uh, they understood it, it, it was it, it wasn't the. You know, the situation we wanted to be in, but it was what it was. And there were a bunch of fighters that were alongside uh, me in 2018, just like there is now. And so nobody flinched, I think, was the biggest thing. And uh, we worked together to get it done. And so I don't see anything different from this staff and these players now. We all understand that the only way we're going to move through this journey is we got to move together. Frank Miley joining us. He's the interim football coach at Utah State. Uh, are there going to be changes on the depth chart based on what you and, and the other coaches have seen? Yeah, and, you know, some of that has to do with, you know, some of the testing that's going on. Uh, you know, that's that's the other obstacle that, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, tend to forget. It's it's not just performance-based. It's, it's who's available mm-hmm. uh, to, to play. You know, uh, every team's going through it, so there's no excuses there. But 
you know, and on any given day and any, any given week, you could be missing people. And so you got to develop younger guys faster than you probably expected or wanted to. Uh, but it is what it is, and that's where we sit. And so the biggest message to that is no, don't flinch. Don't flinch. There's no hesitation. Hesitation for us is the enemy at this point. And so we we got to continue to be strong, stay together, uh, and stay the course. How is the, as far as COVID goes, how's the health of everybody? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good, uh, to tell you the truth, man. It's been pretty solid. For the guys that have had, uh, you know, tested positive, uh, no one's been really sick, to tell you the truth, uh, with minimal uh, symptoms. And so we've been fortunate in that way. Uh, but again, it's not just the, the guys that are testing positive, you know, as they do the tracing that comes with yeah, that. Right. There's guys that are not even sick or, or, or positive that, that are affected by it. And so that, that's part of the issue right there is making sure we always have sufficient depth. Uh, and sometimes it's not as much as we would like. And you're going to see some freshman guys play who we didn't expect to play, but they have to play, which, which is, I think, will benefit them in the future. And part of the building process here, uh, it'll benefit the future in that, in that aspect. Uh, how about the coaching staff? Because I know you were you were talking about that after the game Saturday. You didn't you didn't have all your coaches. Will you have all your coaches for the Wyoming game? Uh, Coach Reader will still be out for this game uh, because of the timing of when he uh, tested positive, and then uh, Coach Collins will be back uh, tomorrow, I believe. Well, Frank, we appreciate a few minutes. Good luck Thursday night. We'll be watching as you play Wyoming. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Frank Miley, he is the interim football coach at Utah State. And, uh, man, talk about taking over the ship on the uh, on the stormy seas. I don't know what analogy you'd like, PK, but uh, not an easy <laughs> ride. Not an well, easy ride. Dramamine can, for everybody. I compare it to Tony Ingles. That was another rocky ride, yeah. You went back a few years there and you switched sports, but I get, your, I get where you're going. It fits, though. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think – uh, Ty Corbin to an extent when Jerry and Phil stopped, stepped down. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, but, you know, he, those guys he, are pros. He took over and then Darren Williams got traded. Yeah. But so, it's yes. like, oh, That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's, but, pro, it's pro not college, it's basketball not football. And Ingles is, a, if, you, if you're missing out on that, in the 90s when Roger Reed left, he was the guy who took over at 1-7 and seven and had to coach the rest of the year. Yeah. Would you rather be Tony Engel or Joe Engels? Joe Engels. Joe for the win. Well, yeah. Was, is that largely because he has Renai and the kids? Uh, there's 50 million other reasons, but those are three Ooh, good reasons. Oh, you went money. <laughs> you went. Uh, I, yuck. Of course Sniggs is going to go money. What the heck was I thinking? It's not hard. Come on. <laughs> Cha-ching. Let's go. We're discussing money here? I'm all in. Let's go. <laughs> Danera or Comita? He's going money or food? What was I thinking? Man. If, <laughs> if I had ever met your mother, we'd have had something in common. Well, you guys have that belief. How do you know you didn't? See? <laughs> you saved the school six hundred grand. Six hundred thousand. I needed a moment to process that information. I, was, I, uh, I am an, I am a oh, listener. Geez. I had to absorb the information. That's called spring oh. break in a sniggy household. If only. Man, I wish you Paycheck is why I live in Utah. Oh yeah, that is yes. for sure. Not the loyalty and the love of the people like me. 
Well, now, now, but you know, when I issued that, when I was new to town, that was a different deal. Moved here for the job. You issued that like last year. No, that's way older than oh, that. Oh, the year before. No, now, you... do you have a date on those when they go in the system? Is it time stamped? No. Some of them are. Well, isn't that convenient? The, the paycheck of you, paycheck living in Utah. One, yeah, that's an old one. That one's actually only a few years old. It's not right. that old though. Four, right? No, less than that. Four. Liar. After, after he'd lived in the state for over twenty years. Paycheck is why I live in Utah. <laughs> Cut your losses. Paycheck is why I live in Utah. <laughs> Paycheck is why I live in Utah. Yeah! I think a paycheck, uh, really, though, when you're working in an adult, is probably the number one reason you live wherever you live. <laughs> I'm a moron. <laughs> no matter where you are. Whether you're from here yes. or not. There's a long really list of people who would raise their hand. <laughs> long list of people who would raise their hand if you said, uh, have you ever moved because you changed jobs? Yes. Not yuck, but other people. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, well, right. not yet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, who's right. to say down the line he doesn't get a great opportunity in wherever, Arizona? I don't know. So, uh, yeah, if you seek it out, I'm it'll Jake probably Hatch. happen. This is Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah yuck. Whoa, if he okay. doesn't seek it out, it won't. You and I both sought so, it out. We did. We applied. Yes. And I'm grateful I did. Well, we, uh, we entered professions where you knew you were going to move around. I mean, that was just going to be the way it was. You yeah, know? you've so. worked in two states. I've worked in three. Oh, yep. Three markets, I was just in a big enough state, I could move several hundred miles and not cross the state line. Although it turned out it was a lifetime away. Big so anyway, to get back to the point with Frank Miley, that this is, uh, here it is, a short week. The quarterback's just been kicked off the team. He did not want to talk about that at all. I noticed that. Yeah, he just shut that down in a heartbeat. Well, I, I think I thought my question was fair. Did the athletic director get involved, or does Frank, my point is, does Frank have... Uh, authority to do what he wants for the football team, or does he have to check? Was that and, decision and it, made by him, or, or was it made by Hartwell? An intriguing thought. You would um, think he'd have to run it by a few people at minimum. I think, yeah. Right, but, but I, who I, makes the decision? Sure. Right, what yeah. I, how much power? My point in asking that question was not to get into no, it was dirty great, details. It was a great question. Of Shelley, I don't care. It's over and done with. We saw what he was doing out on the field, and we already know what happened. My thought is, how much power does he have to run this football team for the remaining part of the season? Yeah. I think that uh, stuff going on behind the scenes, I think it was a pretty easy call, but that still someone has to make it. Um, right, and right, they, right. That was the first game that they'd thrown for 100 yards in. And I'm not going to put that all on the quarterback. I think there's clearly issues on the offensive line. You know, that's part of the problem. There have been some drops, so you can spread it around. And now it's Wyoming. How much is the bar getting lowered here? How much do they have to play better, and how much are they going to be helped by playing a team that's worse? Is this the, is this the least of the who? five teams they've played so far? I suppose I could argue that, but still. I don't know that it's a great victory at this point. Right. And I don't know that Wyoming's that much different than Fresno State. And neither do I. That's yeah, my point. Right. And Fresno State, a 19-point loss, the closest loss of the, of the season. Everything else has been worse than that. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, uh, when we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This 
is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. My opinion is BYU has not been as friendly to Kalani as they need to be or should have been. He was going into a lame duck year before they extended him to 2023. This would have been his lame duck season, and they extended him midway through last season. That's pushing it too close to the edge. If he goes undefeated and has a top 15 pick, BYU better show him some confidence and extend him out another two years and be like, hey, we just want to show you we really screwed up on the first lack of extension. They better show him now before the offers come in. Because if you don't, I like that university, but if I'm coaching there and I've got a Power 5 team that comes swooping in and they're like, here's 3.2 and here's a $2.5 million increase on your coaching pool. My name's on that contract. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK were supposed to have feedback, but instead we got news. Breaking news. Another college football game off. It's it's only Monday, PK, but Ole Miss at Texas A&M has been postponed due to COVID issues at Texas A&M. Brett McMurphy tweeting out the news. The game might be rescheduled for December 19th. They're still working that out, I guess. But uh, And I guess it'll also be, you know, if A&M's going to have two, two games worth of issues, maybe they want to replay the other game on that date. So stuff to work out there. But the SEC is down a game, and the Pac-12 is down a game because ASU Colorado isn't going to be played either. So these will pile up as the week goes along. And then and the other news is uh, March Madness will not be going to uh, different cities. You've already brought up earlier in the show the issues teams think they're having with traveling. And so put March Madness in one town and minimize the travel. That makes sense. The NCAA has come out with an official statement on that. They haven't identified the town, but the early speculation is Indianapolis, which they got enough gyms. That would work, I suppose. Why not? It's Salt Lake City. It's, it's Salt Lake City has enough Put them in the too. LDS churches. <laughs> I have to take out the carpet, though, on some of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> NCAA tournament basketball on he's a carpet. Not, he's court. not wrong. I, I, you're right. Uh, but there's uh, there's enough places in India, and if they're not going to have that many fans, just a few parents or uh, coaches, spouses or whatever, it doesn't matter how big the gym is. Me covering the Cougars in the Final Four. IUPUI, ooey pooey, could be hosting. So there you go. There's your uh, COVID uh, sports well, update. If we have a, an NCAA tournament and it's at one location, I'm fine with it. Yep. We're going to be watching it on TV anyway. Yep. So it doesn't really matter. Want to have it. Get the games in missed and it. Uh, missed it last year. Yep. It'd be good to have it going forward. And certainly the schools uh, need the TV money that comes with that. Yes. Uh, Ray says, hey, is there any chance the Pac-12 would allow Utah to play BYU if ASU can't go and no other Pac-12 team is available? No airplane ride needed. Makes sense to me. Well, that's what I said earlier. I think the conference has to take care of itself, keep the money in-house if at all possible, and keep the race as legitimate as possible, even though it's not legitimate. So we'd have to see about that. But, yeah, if you listen to Merton Hanks, he said that they would consider it, and he's running the football operations for the Pac-12. So I think it would be a possibility, yes. That's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So it's not this Saturday. It's the following Saturday. So it's, what, uh, 12 days away? So I guess the thing you would have to know then is, uh, is there any other Pac-12 team that is going to be off that exactly. week? And if so, is it somebody you have already played or you are scheduled to play? You know, for instance, if Utah can't go against USC this week, 
Well, if you last week the the league was able to pair Cal and UCLA together because both their opponents couldn't play. Well, those two weren't playing each other. But if Utah can't go this week, well, USC and Colorado are already scheduled to play. So, so why would they play on short notice? Why not? Well, I suppose there is that. Move the game forward and give yourself a bye later. Get it in while you can, because there's no guarantee you could play it later. I want a home and home with the Trojans. That'd be awesome. That would be. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, Chip Kelly was asked this morning about the integrity of the season with uh-huh. not playing all your all your division opponents. His answer: It's 2020, bro. <laughs> exactly. And Chip Kelly is kind of surly with the media, but I agree with him. It's 2020, man. Whatever you got to do, there there is no integrity of the season. It, it's just there just isn't, man. I've we've already discussed it. Ad no, I've been saying it for two weeks now, and it's I didn't realize it would come to pass as quickly as it has. But nevertheless, that's where we're at. Pac-12 is down three games in two weeks, and this will be four games that have been lost. And not just that, one team playing a team that's played twice, and another team hasn't played at all. Yep. Yeah, their team sitting on zero, one, and two at this point. So, yeah, and, and Cal and having the, to do what they did, and, and Cal's practice facilities or practice availabilities, even if they would have played the regular schedule, wouldn't have been anything like what some other teams are doing. Come on. The SEC missed four of seven games last week. They'd had a pretty good run, but now they've already missed one. They're already losing one this week. So we'll see where it goes for them. These may stack up pretty quickly for them as well. Just when we get to December, just pick four teams out of a hat. How fun would that be? Or, yeah, well, it depends on who they pick. It could be a bunch of teams you want to. Kansas, you're in. Nobody wants no, to watch no, Kansas. No, 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 no. You put legit, you don't put everything. Oh, okay. In. All right, good. <laughs> um, well, it, it, I'm, I'm saying it would not bother me if they moved those uh, semifinals back to late January. I, I like them on New Year's Day as much as anybody else, but uh, to quote the great Chip Kelly, it's 2020, bro. So, as move, long as you give me football on January 1st, i got to have that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm moving it back so they can play conference games every week. Fine. And is January me, but 1st I've got to have football January 1st. Is January 1st to Friday? Friday? Yeah, we'll play games. You can move, I, don't move. have me starting off the new year mad. That's not good for any of us. Move Saturday games to Friday. I'm totally good <laughs> with that. I'm totally good. It might look like a Saturday in October, but at least, you know. Maybe I can give UCLA a home game that week just so you can just see the, the oh, mountains nice. over the stadium. Very nice. Right? Yes. And we'll have them kick off at 2 o'clock. Just give them that time slot now. I it's, like it. It's the best we can do, people. <laughs> but if it gets more games in, the kids want to play, the coaches want to evaluate talent, the ADs are trying to balance budgets and not lay people off. So why not? Yep. I'm, I'm good with it. And I, the college football is the only stick in the muds that haven't moved yet. And I, I probably should give them time to move. I shouldn't jump them, but I feel like they're not going to move it. True. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like they're not going to. I hope they will, and they say they've considered it, so consider it some more. All right, we're out of time. Hans and Scott are up next. We'll see you.